Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Maze Vault Podcast. I hope you guys aren't sick of me because we are hitting you every Tuesday with new episode and new guests. This week, we have someone who's not a disappointment to her parents like the rest of us. Somebody who actually became a doctor and a dentist and did something with their life, unlike the rest of us. Today, we have a dentist to the superstars and someone with a very big and kind heart. Someone who's dear to me, someone who's like a sister to me. We have Dr. Amira! I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh my You're God, hilarious. dude. I could not even sleep last night. I was so excited <laughs> to have you as a guest. I'm excited to be here. I'm so proud of everything you're doing. Thank you. You're talking about Thank me, you. but you're just awesome, man. You really are. You've just been like such a representation and just really like showing women like how to like sit in who we are and be ourselves. It's a big deal. So you oh. inspire me all the time. <laughs> Dude, I swear, like when I met Dr. Amira, she broke down all the stereotypes you think about somebody who's a professional and somebody who's a woman in business. And I just connected with her on so many levels. And I'm so excited to talk to you about breaking barriers as a woman in business, because for me, like even starting this career, a lot of people are like, I hope once you get married, you, you don't stop being funny or I hope you, you continue to keep working. And so many like stigmas that we have in the community that I'm like ready to connect with you on. And outside of that, you're so fun and so dope. Like you make a dentist visit so fun, like completely not what I grew up going to the dentist like and it's it's very exciting so okay let, let's get started wait we have to discuss how I slid in your dms that's like really how we started communicating <laughs> it always slid, goes down in the dms <laughs> I slid in her dms like listen you are like all that I love it you're Egyptian I'm Egyptian I want to give you your flowers so yeah it is true. It all happens in a DM. You did. And I, I, I was like stalking her page. I was like, who is this lady giving me flowers? <laughs> and let me see. And I was like, wow, what an amazing person. And then, you know, it's it's crazy because social media, you get to meet people in real life. And, you know, we were pulling up to your office in, in South Florida. Is it North Florida? It's North Florida. It's South Florida, but North Miami. Okay, this is why everything in Miami is confusing. Because <laughs> it's, it's South Florida is Miami, the bottom of Florida, but it's North Miami. It doesn't matter. It's Miami. It's Miami. Okay, well, we pulled up to your office in Miami, in, in North Miami, South Miami. <laughs> South. North we Miami. Miami. You have it? <laughs> <laughs> Miami <laughs> Miami and you know you really took care of us at the time let me tell let me say something very vulnerable I didn't have health insurance at the time shut up don't judge me <laughs> I had no health insurance I was gonna let my teeth rot out because you know what I always was under my fat my parents health insurance and then when I got kicked out at 26 from their health plan I just I didn't look into it I was scared I was like in the mindset where I was like, I guess I need a full-time job to get health insurance and benefits. And so I just didn't even look into it. I was already a content mm -hmm. creator. I was like, whatever. And then I pulled up to your office. I was like, Dr. Mira, oh, I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> and you brought I your brother? Not... And you brought your brother? <laughs> you know how I'm we do? We bring our family. I bought my whole family. I'm like, listen, we don't have health insurance. Can you help us out, please? And you were like, girl, sit down. Don't even worry about it. Like, it was the first time I met you, but you were so giving and kind and fun. And like, I was embarrassed. But how often is it that somebody pulls up to your office like, yo, I don't have health insurance. Can you help me out? I'll say, you know, you're a special person, May. I think everyone knows you're very, very special. But yeah, it, we had a good time, man. It's like we connected. Like, it, it's, it's amazing how that is. Like, you don't know someone, you meet them for the first time, and energy is a certain... I'm a big energy person, though. So I don't, I'm not like that with everyone, you know? I meet a lot of people, but it's weird. It's like, if I click and my spirit says, like, you have a good heart or something, like, I just have been blessed with this sense of, like... 
I can just tell. And everybody I've connected with who I've really felt like they're a good person and I've ever wanted to pour into them, at some point they either poured back into me or to people close to me. So I've been kind of blessed to to just be able to sift through the, the, the rubbish. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I'm, I am sorry about stealing all the toothpaste and the toothbrushes, you know. Bad habits <laughs> die hard. Bad habits die hard. Have you restocked since I visited two years ago? Yeah. We're going to hide it when you come. We're going to be like, we're out of stock, girl. Sorry. <laughs> Damn. Okay. So what, what made you decide to be a dentist? Was it a passion or was it like the same thing uh, that you go through where your parents are like, listen, don't girl. break my heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my dad was so strict, right? So I could be, he was like, Amira, you can be a doctor, a dentist, or a lawyer. That's it. And I'm just like well, what about my life? And I want to enjoy my life. And you know, my dad is like, so like, ah, oh, forget your life. You can have your life when you're a doctor. Like, <laughs> you know, and so um, I hated hospitals. I, I really did. I was like, eh. you know, I would have probably went on to be like some surgeon. And uh, I watched the movie Jerry Maguire with Tom Cruise. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a sports lawyer. Right. And then my dad was like, no, like, you're not, you're a woman, you can't, da, da, da. So I went on oh. to dental school um, reluctantly. It's so crazy. I tell people that. I didn't, I wasn't like, ooh, I'm going to be a dentist. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to dental school. But, you know, I always say, like, somehow God just has your your path ordered for you. And so I, I went into dental school not really having a feeling for it. And I just ended up finding a passion for cosmetics and dentistry. And I loved meeting people and working with people. And, you know, 15 years later in my career, you know, it's just been, it's been a blessing. I think that's really important because there's so many sides to picking your career that people don't talk about. So I'll, there's a, so many stories about how parents want their children to be doctors or dentists and they break away from that. But it's really cool to see that you were forced. Hold on, this is going to sound a little weird. <laughs> Hands tied behind your back. Jail time. <laughs> Yeah. doing the time yeah. in dental school and then actually found your passion through it. It's cool to yeah. see somebody who's actually in that career who's loving it. Yeah, and I always tell people, because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, how do you find your passion? How do you find your purpose? And I do believe, I have a strong personality, and I think if I didn't love it, I wouldn't have, you know, stuck with it. Because it's so important. You know, the work we're doing consumes the majority of our life. And people always talk about being the best at your craft or being great or how did you get here? But, you know, you really can't do great work, whatever you do, right? Whether you're a creator, whether you're a dentist, whether you're an actress, like you cannot do great work if you don't have a passion and a love for it. And that's really big. And as cliche as, as people hear it sound, like I enjoy going to work. I love my team. I love what we're doing. I love the difference we're making. Like I laugh all day. And I think that people do have to get to the point where they're okay, like saying, this is not for me. Like even if I invested said years, like, oh my God, I invest all this time. Like you have your whole life and you've got to really love um, what you're doing if you really want to make an impact on people and, you know, you think about your legacy and all of that, it matters. And when, when did you realize that you actually started to like it? When did you find your passion? So the first two years of dental school are really like horrific. Um, people have no <laughs> idea. It's like, it's so bad. We dissect human bodies. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Like Not your just first the mouth, year, like the full body? The full body. They're like, and people are always so surprised. Even like the whole like argument of like, oh, a dentist is not a doctor. Like we have to know every nerve, every blood vessel. Like we have to know the heart because we're prescribing medications. We're giving anesthetic in nerves that are connected where we can cause someone to be paralyzed for the rest of their life. Like there's so wow. much into it. So I remember like stepping foot in the anatomy lab and it's just like, there's your cadaver. Like we would name them. They'd be like dead bodies. And we would, you know, like we're starting with the heart today. And then we're going to the, you know, we did head and neck was really big cause that's where we work on. But the first two years were really like hard. Like you don't sleep, you're just studying, you're crying, you're depressed. I mean, it's, it's a lot. But once you get into your last two years, you're really working on patience. And I think that, you know, dentistry is also artistic. So I started to realize then like, oh, wait a minute, like I'm actually kind of decent at this. I enjoy this. This makes me happy. But it wasn't until I got out and started doing cosmetic cases, you know, the, the mm. veneers, the smile makeovers. And then it was just like, 
oh my god like I get too excited if you go through my phone you'll really be like you're a weirdo like it's teeth and teeth and teeth and teeth and I'm sitting there looking at teeth like oh yes I you know and so um so yeah it's been a a journey and and I love it I love every bit of it I have two questions what did you name your cadaver is the first one oh my god this is so funny so we our cadaver was you know she was a big girl and we called her big shirley and it kind of like sucked for the people yeah big shirley was her name because she had she her superficial fascia which is fat that's the medical term for fat to get to the organs we had to cut through all the fat and we're like bless your heart shirley bless your heart like to get through to her so that was um that was our cadaver's name I don't know why. I didn't think it would be a woman. I don't know why. In my head, I thought if I had a cadaver to name, it would be Fathalla. You know? Like a Fathalla. <laughs> you know, I, I could never have gone to dental school with you. I would not have focused or worked. Like, my mouth right now from laughing is hurting me. <laughs> oh, my God. And the second thing I was going to ask you. <laughs> there oh is God, a, never anything serious with you. Yeah, but you know what? I like drama. This is, I, I can't help it. But going, you, you know, drama? I studied, uh, I know, I know. Who would have thought? But in, in college, you know, I was pre-med. I was studying pre-med. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of tension. And, between. Uh, yeah, and know. drama between doctors and dentists. Like, there was like, doctors yeah. thought they were better than dentists. And dentists were like, we're still doctors. And they would fight it. And I was like, I, I'm not going to be a part of any of y'all because not gonna go through med school but what is why is it like that so let me tell you to get a dental degree which is my degree is doctor of dental surgery right there's degrees that are doctor of medical dentistry we do four years of undergrad traditionally and four years of dental school med students do four years of undergrad and four years of med school so both are eight-year degrees pending if you specialize Um, But there's always like been this big debate and you know, um, I did a program at Howard University. It was like an early program. So you do all these credit hours. Like I did 21 credit hours a semester in undergrad. You keep a 3.8 GPA and you finish in two years, your four year degree. And you go on to either choose dental or med, med school. So in the program I was in, it was like 14 of us. All 13 wanted to get in med school. I was the only one going to dental school. And wow. I do remember there were there were times when they would be like, they assumed you went to dental school because you couldn't get in med school or something. Like there was this mm-hmm. sense of that. But my scores, I had a high GPA. All my scores were high. But I'm like, first of all, I'm like a very like A plus, one plus one equals two. After A is B, like I'm very like that. So I'm like, wait a minute. I can go to work as a dentist from like nine to five. Then I'm done. I go home. No one pages me like my heart is like, you know, that like I can go have my children. I can get married. Like I felt not to say a medical doctor cannot, but I knew that my way of living as a dentist for me, um, was going to be more ideal for what I wanted. So it was like, okay, you know, and then I told you I didn't like hospitals. So it worked out. But till this day, there's, there is still a sense of like, I call it like disrespect. Like, okay, we don't respect There is. However, what they are realizing is the majority of dentists make a lot more money than them. Did oh, I say it? Did oh. I say it? you heard that broke doctors. I know. Broke. Yeah, I honestly have colleagues who are like pediatric doctors, and I'm like, they went to like 12 years of school, and their base salary is so much lower. But remember, with social media came a trend of more cosmetics, right? Because now everyone mm. sees themselves on camera. Mm. Even with COVID, we we thought we were going to do really bad during COVID. Our numbers went up crazy because people were seeing their mouth on Zooms now because everyone was doing <gasps> Zoom meetings. So I did so many cases. So now cosmetic oh. dentistry has like been such a, a wave that the, if you're a really good cosmetic dentist, you're very financially stable because this is the society we kind of live in now. Um, so yeah, there, that, there is still the little hostility of like, um, but I do think, like I said, that it's, it's being, it's like a much more respected field, um, because it's more visible now. People aren't looking at dentists as like, oh, you just do fillings and root canals. 
Yeah, you know? and you know what? That's such a great point because I would think actually, it, I, I think it's a, a mix of social media, like you said, and the trend mm-hmm. of like people getting a lot of work done and it being so yeah. like important. Like, you know, my grandma wasn't getting uh, her teeth done. Her teeth, she had one tooth. If she had one tooth <laughs> at the end of her life, she was. <laughs> <laughs> gonna yeah. stick with it you know what i'm saying but it, i i think that is so interesting and I, even um being on social media i would watch videos of people going to turkey to get their ta- uh, their what is it veneers yeah. done right veneers, is it veneers? Yeah. what is that all about because you see people shaving down their own natural teeth that don't even look that mm-hmm. bad to begin with and get these like mm-hmm. crazy hollywood smiles like is that something that you're like okay that's cool if the person wants that or you're like no that's not healthy like i don't i don't so know what is it all so about here's the thing. What, one, they're basically saying like veneers are the new BBO, right? That's really like the mm. saying on the street, you know, because everyone was like taking the fat and, you know, putting it wherever. <laughs> but now people are investing their money more in veneers. So the issue with out of the country, there are some amazing doctors um, who are performing incredible smile makeovers in Turkey, in Colombia, in, in Dubai, like in all these places, right? The issue is not that. What's happening though, the trend is they want it for cheaper because it costs. So they see a special on Instagram. Oh, buy one, get one free veneers, like crazy cheap. So they're like, oh yes, I'm gonna get this flight. You know, in Miami, it's gonna cost me three times as much, 10 times as much. I'm gonna go over here and do it. Well, now they're going to places who, I always say, ask for receipts, right? Meaning, where's your work? I need to see like what's going on. You can't try, this is too big of an investment and this is your mouth, your smile, your livelihood, you know? And they're going to places who are very cheap for a reason. And I hate to say it, but you do get what you pay for. And so I've done so many redos. And when you see these videos of someone who went to Turkey or Colombia, they went to someone maybe who was inexperienced, maybe someone who didn't care as much because they're getting paid very little. And yeah, they might be getting their teeth shaved down too much. Now they need all this extra work. I saw one girl's story. She was like in the hospital and I've had clients who came in and we've given them a price quote and they were like, Oh, you know, it's too much money. And we're like, okay, we understand. They go to Columbia and then they come back with these horse teeth and they're in tears (laughs) and I'm so sorry. And I I, I wish, yeah, I wish I would have just paid you the first time. And I feel bad because I'm just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's true because it is horse teeth. Some the teeth don't match the mouth so much sometimes. Like it's no. just I feel like if when you go to a doctor or a dentist like yourself, like it fits in the mouth. I feel like when I seen a lot of denture jobs, the the person can't even speak. They're like just like the teeth are too big where they can't speak. And yeah, the teeth so are the teeth, teeth are teeth. the teeth are teething. The teeth are teething, <laughs> as they say. It's just like the veneers are veneering. Um, yeah. No, I, you know, and I think that people who are are serious about it, they're doing their research. Most of my clients fly in, honestly, and they've been like, you know, I've been following you for a while. I've seen your work, and you know, they're ready to invest the money because, you know, I always say like nobody cares how much you know how good your work is until they know how much you care. And when you really care about people, right? And it shows in the way you talk about your work, the way you interact with people. When people know you really care, it's easier to now say, okay, I trust you, we're building this relationship. And that's big with business in general. You know, I always talk about that because people say, oh, I wanna be a businesswoman. How did you develop this career? And I'm like, you can't teach people how to care. There's so many people who are chasing money, right? We're chasing, I need the bag. I need to make money. I need to be this. But if people don't see your passion, they don't see that you care about them, you can forget about it. But you perfect your craft. You become great at what you do. You care about people. Like the money comes. It will automatically. Um, And so I think, I hope people stop, you know, this trend of, of, and TikTok is really helping it because these videos are coming out. I'm not big on TikTok, but I'm like, ooh, another TikTok video of someone's disaster smile makeover. So, um, okay. So what are the certain requirements? Cause they say like, if God gave you good teeth, that's the best thing you can use. Like no, no fake tooth will be mm-hmm. the same as your natural teeth. So I wonder what, cause okay. Me and you have done collaborations before, mm-hmm. or we've mm-hmm. done one major collaboration because mm-hmm. you know, like it's not always negative and, and these makeovers do change people's lives. But I want to know for anybody who's interested in dentures, what are the requirements? They're not dentures. Are, 
What a, I'm sorry, Girl. I'm denture. Uh, look at me, I'm not a dentist. I'm not a dentist, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, veneers. veneers. I'm sorry, I was thinking about my husband's, he's old, He has. he's gonna need dentures soon. Hi, Max, the old man, messing me up. I blame everything on him. But yes, what are the, <laughs> what are the requirements for somebody who wants veneers? What is your advice for somebody who's looking into that? So the thing with veneers is people have this misconception that we gotta shave your teeth down to these little shark teeth and then put yeah. porcelain on them. Not the case. In some instances, we're only reducing one millimeter from your tooth. That's like when a woman gets gel, you know, on her nails and yeah. the nail tech drills that little bit. We're doing that on the front of the teeth. A lot of times you have your whole tooth. The whole back of it is your tooth. Um, and so when people say, oh, she had such nice teeth, she should have just got braces. Well, you can get braces all you want, but if the color of your teeth, some people are born with very dark teeth and whitening doesn't change it, nothing changes it. Um, let's see you get braces, but your teeth are chipped or the shape of them aren't nice, you know? And at the end of the day, if you're going to a reputable dentist who knows what they're doing, um, you're staying on your cleanings, there's nothing wrong with them. They're not gonna affect your health. They're gonna just enhance your smile and help you to reach a certain level of confidence. And it's something that I don't think we really talk about enough because people who have straight teeth and have nice teeth, they're just like, oh, okay, whatever. But you've seen the effect it has on changing someone's smile. You know, there's people who can't get jobs. Like you, it's, it's deeper than the superficial. You know, there's people who you go for an interview and we're human nature. They say that our eyes are drawn to the smile before the hair, before the eyes, like we look at people's teeth. And so you're trying to get a front desk position and your teeth are just raggedy. Like for you now it's been an it's an insecurity for you. And you know, I've, I've met people who like, they, they like, I'm so used to talking. And, and holding yeah. my hand in front of my mouth. So the biggest thing is do your research. You know, ask for their pictures. Where's your cases? Let me see what you've done. Um, and that's not offensive. Be, that's just normal. No, like you don't want to go I've off. had people. No, it took me years to build the catalog that I have now. Um, but there was a time that I could have walked in a room and been like, oh you need to get these veneers, spend this money with me. And they were like, okay, well, let me see your work. And I didn't have it, you know? And, and that's a lesson too, as people are building their careers. Like sometimes you, like I did some things for free. I did. People don't want to hear these things. You know, everyone sees the glory at the end and the success and, oh, the stars and the celebrities and, oh, whatever. But there were times I did cases for free. There were times someone could only afford two teeth, but I knew it was going to be a beautiful makeover. So I had to come out of my own pocket to pay for lab fees. You know, I did things at discounts. Like I did whatever it took to build my catalog, to climb my way to the top. No one's going to give you anything. No one's going to hand it to you. And you either be excellent or be forgotten because there's other people along the way that are, are coming, you know what I'm saying? And they're ready to like make it happen. So, so yeah, that's the, that's and I, the, I think that's why I connect with you. So I'm, I'm so inspired right now. Hold on. I just have a moment. Let's just have a moment of silence for Don't make me blush. No, I swear to God. I swear to God. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Even though we do different things, I feel like we're very similar in that way because I'm so inspired by your like train of thought and how you move in general. I'm like, yo, this is a business. Like she's a shark. I want to be a shark just like her. I don't know if this is a shark, but I'm like, I like the way she moves because you know, when I was starting social media, you know, I just did videos for free all, all the time. I was just like building that portfolio, bring it, building that profile. Yeah. And then even collaborations or, or partnerships with companies, you know, I'd start, okay, this is a good look. Let me just work, 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 work. And now like, you know, we're, we're at the point where like, it's starting to really boom. And like people see all oh, the glory, but like, there's a lot of grind. There's a so lot of, and, and it never dies. That's the thing. Like it never. never dies. Dude, I'm never satisfied. Like I'm never like, okay, like, you know, I hit this. I, I have this many views. Let me just chill. Okay, I'm done. I can't like when you have that grind it's like all right what's next what's well, let's keep going like i do you feel the same way it's like yeah i well, can't people stop is, you know people when i started when my husband actually got on instagram because he was very late to the party people were very shocked to know how successful my husband was because i never led with him you know i wanted my i had this grind i had this sense of like you said i have i'm 
it's the inability to be complacent. So like you said, no matter how high you get, it's, it's always like a, a what's next? Like what's the next level for me? What can I do? And so my husband played in the NFL for, you know, 11 years. He went to the Pro Bowl. He went to the Super Bowl. Like he's now the head of um, sports and entertainment for UBS. Like he's really big time. And when, when I slowly started kind of like popping him in here and there on my social, people are like, wait a minute, I didn't know your husband was so-and-so, I didn't know your husband was this. And I have people who even ask now, I've had women who I don't think they mean it offensively, even though it could be taken that way. Like, why do you go so hard? Meaning I don't, I can stay home and be, I guess a housewife, right? Yeah. Which I have so much respect for housewives, by the way. I have friends that are, and they're amazing. And it's, it's I had just people who, they said career woman who, when COVID happened, they were like, just like that, you never asked a housewife what she does again. I was like, oh my God, how many more hours do y'all go to sleep? This is a long day. Um, no, but you know, I think that it's easy for someone to, especially if you're in a stable home, to say, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, like relax and, and do this. But there is something in us and when you feel it and you sense it, it just happens. And it doesn't matter, it's not about money to me anymore, you know? Thank God I, you know, I have a roof over my head. I have food on the table. My husband does make sure we do not have a, a, a need at all, but it's something in me that says when I'm long gone, what am I going to be remembered for? What is my legacy? You know, who did I impact? Whose life did I change? There's so many girls in this world specifically who have our story, May, who mm. grew up looking different, whether it's our hair texture, whether it's our hair, whether it's what's on our head. Like there's so much and so many people who struggle to feel seen and heard. And like I told you when we first started, like really sitting in who you are. And when we sit in who we are and we allow ourselves to be ourselves, we actually give power to other women who look and say, man, well, look at her. Like she grew up See? in this strict household. You know, she is this and that. And, you know, she's able to do X, Y, and Z things. Like, you know, I talk about all the time, like my nails, like, oh, you're a doctor, but you've got like chrome nails. Like, is that professional? You know, or the, the sneakers, the Jordans I might wear, or, you know, there was a time, honestly, and it's almost embarrassing to admit it, but there was a time where I felt I had to fit in like so much and I had to, you know, walk a fine line so that I didn't step out. I needed the, the nails that fit in. I needed all this. But now it's really just about like sitting in our own and giving permission for other women to do the same. Just take the podcast. Just take it. I'm not, I, can't, I can't. So many gems. So many. Just take it. It's Dr. Amira's vault because I, 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 well, I, like, you know, you're one person that I just enjoy listening to. Thank you. Okay. And, it's, it's very inspiring for anybody. Like, even though you think, like, I'm successful in a way, I really look at women like you because I'm like, yo, I, I was in fear. I was like, okay, I'm getting married. Everybody's talking about you losing your identity a bit. Like, should I be a housewife? Like, there is, there is a moment where you're like, you have your own success, but then, like, people put such importance on marriage and kids. Like, do you wonder, like, if your whole life gets sucked away and, like, you don't have yeah. a career after? It's a very scary, yeah. like, place to be. It's, it's scary in this society like they're cruel I'll be honest with you and I and I try my best to tell people who are close to me like there's this pressure either way like don't get it twisted so the friends I have that maybe don't have a career they're like oh my spouse is looking at me like oh what did you do all day you don't like work you don't this you couldn't get this done and it's like but I'm like but hold on because on the other end as career women we get the sit a lot of the same stuff it's like well, I couldn't attend my daughter's holiday function. Oh, I didn't make a home cooked meal how many times a week? And so it's like, we can't win. No one has it all. I would say you can have it all, but not at the same time. So there's no way to have your career, be the best housewife, cook a meal for my husband five days a week, take my kids to school, pick them up from school. Like I can't do all of that. So I always say like, you got to give yourself grace and you just got to figure out at the end of the day, like, what are my, what am I people going to be proud of? And for me, I have children and I'm like, I want my daughter to be proud of me. I, I try my best to balance it, you know, but there is no balance. I've, I've failed miserably, but at both, there's been days I've failed at my career miserably. And there's days I've failed as a, a parent and we have to be like strong enough to just admit it and say, you know what? Like I'm on my way home from work. I have this great case and I'm on the phone. With my husband, like, Oh my God, it went so well. He's like, where are you? And I'm like, 
I'm on my way home. What are you talking about? He's like, we've been waiting for you at the teacher parent meeting for 12 minutes now. And I'm like, oh, oh wow. Teacher parent. You know, and it's like times like that, you know, you feel like, you know, I, I failed my child and it might seem so simple, like, a, but we just have to remind ourselves like we're human and we're just trying our best to shine and to, to be a light and to look decent and go to the gym and have a career yeah. and be, a, you know, we're, we're trying our best. And so I'm practicing self grace too, you know, like really just not Dude. being so hard on myself. Amen to that. And also like, I love watching you cause you have so many different hats. Like, you kill it at the gym. This woman has abs. I don't know how. Abs, tricep, bicep, femurs, everything. She has it all. Femur. And then I see you at the dentist. I see you killing the game, you know, in the dentistry world. And then I see you showing love to your daughter, who is so cute and so smart. She's another Einstein in the making. And then I see Thank you being you. a wife. And I'm like, yo, you can you can do it all. But I wonder, like, how do you do it? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's it's. Oh, my God. Have you seen the meme where it's like, oh, my God, you're such an inspiration. How do you do it all? And then it says me. And it's like, <laughs> like, like. Like, that's how I, that's literally me. Like, literally, at the end of the day, like, people are like, how do you do it all? And it's literally like, my hair is this way. I'm like sweating and I'm just like, hey, yeah. Like, um, but somehow, you know, I always say like, women are like one of the strongest creatures ever made. It's just like creatures. It's just like, we have something in us that we wake up the next morning and we like put on our cape and say, okay, like I'm ready for today. And what, you know, what else is going to happen? So, okay. And this is a juicy question, but you know, I'm very uh, curious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, your husband has a lot of accolades and he was an, he was an athlete. He's not an athlete anymore. He's an ex-athlete, correct? He's an ex-athlete. Yeah. So, you know, there's a big stigma around dating athletes. And we are Egyptian women. We don't deal with that nonsense bullish. Mama, I'm sorry if you're listening. We don't do none of that cheating. Oh, texting. Oh, she's just a friend. Stop it right there. We don't have none of that nonsense. You're going you're gonna to be unalived. As an Egyptian woman. As an Arab woman. Dating an athlete. Somebody who's famous. How do you keep him online? Or what do you do with the outside noise? You know what I'm saying? Hey, oh, you're so handsome. Oh, shut up. I don't even, you know what I do? I don't even compliment my man because I'm scared somebody else is complimenting him. I'll just <laughs> leave him out oh to dry. God, that's so funny. Well, you know what's so hilarious, honestly, is that when I first started dating my husband, we would like be out at a restaurant and like people would stop and be like, oh, and, and shake his hand and ask to take a picture with him and stuff. And it was like very normal to us. And um, I think it's really like the way my dad raised me. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I think I'm the shit. And my dad hey, was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, hey. I'm not, in a, not in an arrogant way, but I always felt like, yeah, my husband is damn lucky to have me. Like, I'm educated, I'm sweet, I'm kind, I look good, you know. So I think I always had this confidence, like, don't get me wrong. I don't put anything past anybody. But I do feel like my dad just kind of, like, raised me to, like, this sense of, like, you would be a fool. Confidence, um, yeah. Yeah, and so I've always been, like, pretty good about letting my husband move how he wants to. I'm not really, like, who's that? Who are you texting, you know? And, yeah. um... Even with friendships, like um, Michelle Williams, um, who's now one of my best friends, Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child, when I first uh, was dating my husband, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm one of my good friends. I'm at dinner with her, Michelle. And I was like, okay. And he's like, we're going to stop by your condo after. So I'm like, all right. And, you know, in quacks Michelle, you know, and it was like a little bit like, okay, I wasn't expecting her. But like, she was so sweet and so warm. She's like, oh my God, I've heard so much about it. And the next thing you know, her and I build a friendship and it was like, it just kind of like was reassuring, but I'm not generally a jealous person. So wait, honest. hold on, Dr. Mira. Stop acting like you're not jealous. So you're telling me when your husband walked in with Michelle Williams from the Destiny, you don't look at her like this and out of that. None of that. I need the, you listen, you're on the Maysville podcast. You have to be real. You didn't feel some type of way. No, I've been like, listen, be like, here's the thing. I will say, I will tell you this. My husband, he's not, oh my God, he's going to probably be mad, I'm telling y'all, but oh well, we're, we're family, we're telling the <laughs> truth here. My husband 
his past, he had dated some of the most beautiful women. And when I, the more I knew about him, I'm like, I mean, it wasn't like just beautiful men. It was like, oh, like a Victoria's Secret model. Like, oh, the cover of this. Oh, this. That. And that was like a little bit like, oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Um, and so I was a little bit like, this is, you know, I'm just a dentist. <laughs> like, here I am, you know? <laughs> um, so that was kind of like different for me. And I was kind of like, you know, but... Every once in a while, I'm not going to lie. Like, if, if if he's on his phone and he's, like, laughing, I'm like, I want to laugh, too. What are we laughing at? Yeah, what you like, looking at? Like, let's both laugh. Let me see. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you how petty so I am. Like Sometimes that. I'm so petty. Like, if she would if Michelle Williams would have walked in the door with my husband at the time, I would have played all the Destiny's Child songs and muted her parts. Like, just muted her parts. So like, <laughs> unnecessary you know oh like god. unnecessary and like grilled her like you know uh, oh. she's so, oh my god i pretty much stole his friend friend i stole his friend like that was <laughs> one of his best friends and now she's my best friend and so i stole her but but yeah i feel you i don't i don't know i thank god for whatever it is that makes me not go like uh, too crazy on him but you know sometimes <laughs> I, you know i'm human his, it's it's 2 a.m and i see the phone lighting up and i'm knocking yeah. him hey hey must be an emergency. Someone's calling yeah. you. He's like, he's like showing me his phone. He's like, you crazy person. It's I, it's resetting. Like, I, what is oh. it called? The updating. I said, oh, okay. Well, put it up. Put, put it face up so we all know what's updating. Like, stop playing games with me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's, it's crazy because Max and I have a very open relationship. Because, you know, social media open? is a big... Oh. No, not oh. no. Hold on. <laughs> not to open right. a <laughs> okay, please clarify. Open, clarify. No, we don't have an open marriage. You, hey, before y'all slide in anybody's DM, we don't have an open marriage. <laughs> Me and him just are very open with each other when it comes to communicating. Okay. Oh my God, my heart just dropped just thinking about what you're saying. Okay, well, we have very, like, if I'm scrolling on Instagram, I'll show him DMs. He'll he'll show me DMs and stuff. And it's like, you know, before we got married, I would I would be thinking a lot, like, damn, I wonder who he's dated, blah, blah, blah. But I think those are such negative, unnecessary thoughts. And that, like, I, I grew up with a lot of confidence, too. Like, you know, my mom and dad are very, like, monogamous. <laughs> I have to clarify, monogamous. <laughs> Prideful people where they're, like, into mm -hmm. each other's relationship and they see nobody yeah. else. And they're, like, we're staying together forever, even if we're miserable kind of thing. And so, yeah, it's it's a mix of both. Like, because you're, you're in a new era of social media, too. And it's, like, people mm -hmm. don't care. People <laughs> will slide into your DMs. Like, he'll show me crazy DMs. I'll be like, yo, look at this. But it's, like, it's... Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to have trust because you will go crazy. Well, but yeah, I, I do think, sorry, sorry, let me just say this. No, I do that, think that's... they like that, they like that jealousy, crazy mm -hmm. side. So I just be turning up a little bit just for fun. You know what I'm saying? Let's, come on, let's get the <laughs> just, antics. Yeah. Just to keep no, I was going to also, I was also going to say like one thing I've learned and it's probably with age because I wasn't, I wasn't always like this. Um, aside from confidence, you know what I've realized is like, we can go through phones as much as you want. We could be like, who's that? Let me see your DMs. Where are you at? I can call my husband a million times. Like, okay, you're flying here for business. What hotel are you at? Where are you at right now? What are you doing? But at the end of the day, like, you got to give people free reign. Like, I want you to do what you want to do so I can see what you'd rather do. I don't have time to, to be on top of you so you can't do it because I'm like, ah, da, da, da. no, 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 no. I want you to do what you want to do so I can see what you'd rather do. And it'll always... The universe has a way of, you know, and True. you can't let negativity in. Like, it's so hard to be married these days. It's so hard to be in committed relationships with everything going on. And I think, goes back to like our passion and purpose and legacy. I think as a, as a woman, as all I could speak on is like, if you are really focused on your next steps and your impact and your legacy. I'm not saying you, you love your husband. I love him. I take care of him. I'm very nurturing. I'm very catering. I'm very like much like, let me make you a dinner plate. Like, by the way, I pick up his plate when he's done eating. That's something people are so surprised to know. He does not pick up his own plate. Um, and, and people always laugh when they come to my house cause they see this like, Oh, Dr. A and this and that, you know, my husband comes, he eats. He's like, Oh my God, babe, thanks. So great. And just gets up from the table. And my friends, especially my like non like whether they're Arab or African friends they see me pick up his plate they're like he couldn't pick up his plate I'm like he he could but I choose to like this is my way of like let me cater to you wait you're saying say. the like, non autumn or the non-African yes so for like some of my American friends who see it they're a little taken aback like 
can't he pick up his own plate? And I'm like, he can. The same way I can cover my own self, but my husband covers me. So why am I not going to? The least I can do is pick up your plate. You want me to wash your hands for you at the table too? Like, you know, because yeah. I do feel very covered by my husband. But I digress. I digress. But I just say all that to say, like, if we're really busy building our, our purpose, we have less time to be worried. I don't have time to worry about, you know, every little detail. And I think, like, just trying to keep positive energy. Keep people around you that are speaking positivity. If Max is gone, they're not like, where is he at? Or, you know, those type of people, that's already inputting negativity in there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You need For people sure. around you where, where you're like, oh, my God. Max didn't answer. And they're like, girl, he's busy uh, building a home for you and your family, girl. You know? So. No, but you know, that is yeah. a very good point. I, I know you were digressing, but I, I, I would like to digress with you. Okay. The point of like picking up your man's plate, mm-hmm. I think culturally is so normal. If you're like yes. from immigrant families, I think the yes. American notion of relationships is like equality. I always say, listen, I am not an independent woman. I do not care. Like, for me and my relationship, I, I make my own money. I have my own goals, but that doesn't mean I'm independent. Like, I need my man. I, I, I need to be, like, Preach. feminine in my relationship. And so if being independent means, like, disrespecting my man or not picking up his plate or not making him feel like a king, mm-hmm. then I am not an independent. Leave me out of that feminist. Yeah. I yeah. am I am. Yeah. In- independent i am not i tell my husband all the time open this jar for me i'm a dependent woman (laughs) he's like people have this preconceived notion like you said especially for someone like you you've built a brand you've built a name you're obviously making money so like i i was at home one day and um, i had an event so a, a hairstylist was doing my hair and my husband walks in the door and we had me and the hairstylist had just been talking about like all this stuff i had going on like business wise and my husband walks in the door and so I immediately tell the hairstylist, can you stop one second? Give me a minute. My hairstylist is, is a man, by the way. I get up. I go to greet my husband. I hug him, this and that. Babe, are you hungry? Yes, I'm hungry. Okay, I make his plate. I make his drink. I sit it down. Do you need anything else? All this is now in front of the hairstylist. He's like, no, babe, thank you. I sit down. He continues to do my hair. My husband's done. Babe, amazing. Thank you. Gets up. I again say, hold on one second. Pick up his plate. Put it up, whatever. Anything else you need, babe? No. I get back on like it's nothing to me. And he's just like, the hairstylist is like, I love this, this side of you. And I'm like, this has always been me. Like I've always, my husband, like you said, I make great money. I have a great career. You know, I do push women empowerment, but I'm like, I am not alone. My husband covers this whole situation. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, he he covers me. And so um, I do think that it's important that we don't look at that as like, oh, you know, it's the word, people always say the word like submissive and all that. And I'm like, if someone breaks in my house in the middle of the night, it's not me. <laughs> I'm up. not going first. I'm not going. My, Hell husband, no. my, my husband is. So why can't I serve him his plate? Why can't I pick it up? Why can't he say, babe, you know, I, I pack his bags for his trips. And people are like, you do? I'm like, yeah. Like, I pack his stuff. How many, how many underwear do you need, babe? How many undershirts? Like, I'm packing it up, folding it for him. Um, I'm just trying to make his life as easy as I can because that's what he does for me. And so it is a partnership. Um, it is a give and take. And I think like it's, it's true. Like if anything were to happen or we're in the line of fire, uh, my husband would be the first one getting up to protect his house and the family. You know, I'm just saying there's, there's different roles and there's different like types of roles that we have. And I, I don't think like treating your man in a good way or asking him if he's hungry, picking up his plate or cooking or doing something or folding his clothes is like submissive it's not a bad thing have you ever heard the saying it's like you know you can't expect a woman to be an angel if you aren't creating heaven around her right i can't be an angel i can't be an angel with you like we're in hell so i think it just also goes down to like i said like if your your spouse is like holding his own like I feel safe I feel protected with my my husband you know I feel like he's got my back and so any way that I can make his life easier you know I pull up the car with like super low e light on and I'm like oh babe I'm sorry I didn't put gas like you know it it, little things like that but you know the, the little things add up and so for me like 
just being able to do those little things like make a difference. And every every home and every relationship is different. And that's one thing I will say. People watch podcasts or people watch a clip of something and they want to build their home. Like, it's like what works for you because some men are like, I don't want you to pick up my plate, right? Like, I want you to get your behind in the gym. Like, you, you lost your body. Like, and there's nothing like, we want to like be like, oh my God, that's so messed up. But it's like, no, like we got to communicate. Like when my husband yeah. and I got married, before we got married, this is so funny, but I swear this conversation happened. I'm like, listen, I want to know where are the priorities for you? Like, is it that I make money and help you with bills? Is it that I keep my body together? Is it that I cook food five days a week? Like, what things are like a priority? And I think those are important conversations because- I never had that people- conversation and I think I need to ask him what his priorities are. I never even thought about that. Sorry, but like, yeah. I never even no, thought No, 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 but it's such a big deal because what we do is we waste energy, right? And I, I, even though I asked him, I still do it. Like, okay, we waste all this energy. Like, oh my gosh, I wrote you this sweet little note and I put it by your sink this morning and I did all this and you don't even seem to appreciate it. And meanwhile, my husband is like, okay, thank you for the note. But like, I'm not a (laughs) noty type of person. Like for my husband, it's like, he, he likes to come home from a business trip and like I reorganized his whole closet and he's like, dang man, like that was so dope. So it's just like really understanding like love languages as they say, yes. because we don't want to waste the energy on doing something that they don't want. Like, oh, I, my, my husband's not a big breakfast person. So it's like, if I woke up and made him like a full breakfast, all this energy and he's like, okay, I'm going to the gym. Like, I don't want to eat before I go. So it's just about like really trying to connect. And you know, I've been married eight years and we've been together 12. So it's been a lot of years of really like learning each other and like, okay, this is what makes you happy. These are things that help you out. These are, you know, ways you feel respect. You feel like a king, you know, and he knows ways I feel like a queen. What's important to me. And, um, Dude, and yeah, that is like, so I have, important to learn. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm like no, no, no. I was just saying I have no shame in my game. Like I'm always like, do yeah. Okay. Like, okay. I have a little sign that says boss lady on my table at work, but I'm like, okay, when I'm at home is a different lady. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's separate <laughs> to a degree. Cause like you said, when I get home, I'm just like, babe, I'm just so tired. I just had it like, Oh my God, hold me, hold me close. <laughs> You know, boss lady um, from nine to five after 5 yeah. p.m. <laughs> I'm this like soft woman. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I think that's beautiful because people think that they have to be strong all around and strong. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, you know, strong in business, that means you have to be strong in your relationship yeah. as well. But I feel like a lot of times that doesn't work out. Like yeah. I, I don't feel like it works out. But what was that? I had something to say. I had something to say. I'm going to give up on the thought because I was trying okay. to speak it out. <laughs> Damn. All right. I'm really enjoying this though. Um, yeah, this is like great, great needed conversation. I think it's stuff people need to hear. I think people's like perceptions often um, because of social media is just like very fake in a facade. And like they say, like the grass is always greener on social media. And I think it's important um, for people who have platforms like you or me to find the courage to really speak up and be truthful and admit certain things because there's too many yeah. eyes, especially young, impressionable eyes who are watching who, you know, you know, sometimes you really like help someone just by sharing your truth. Like, honestly, yeah. sometimes someone hears like, yeah. oh man, like, you know, they say like marriage is like a mirror, you know, it's like, it's a mirror that we often don't want to see because our, when you're, when you're married and if that person's really your best friend, um, like they should be, <clears throat> They're not afraid to like call you out on your stuff. And there's been a lot of stuff in my marriage where I, at the time my husband said something to me, it was, I took it very offensive or an attack or a judgment, but I can't deny that whatever that critique or was, and I might've been sensitive in the moment, in the end, it really did make me better whether it was a critique about my career, about the way I was dressing, about the way I was carrying myself, like if you, if it's really your best friend, like they really have your best interest at heart, right? Because you're a representation of them at all times, you know? And I I can say, I know my husband is so proud of me and he, you know, brags about me, but behind closed doors, he's, he's had to call me out. And it's just really about like, in the moment, I'm just like, I hate, you're a hater. Like who hates on their own wife? Like, you know, and I've had those conversations. Like you've been like, like, I don't understand why you're hating. Like, why are you jealous of me? I'm looking in the mirror right now. I'm looking in the mirror. Yes. And then when you kind of like sit back and you're like, but like, honestly, who was really going to tell me that? Like, you know what I mean? And so I, I have my husband like watch an interview I did or like, here's a perfect example. We have an event and I come downstairs and he's like, 
what is wrong with your face? And I'm like, you're so mean and you're so hurtful. Why would you say that? He's like, you're beautiful, but I don't know who did like this makeup. Like you look crazy. Go look at yourself. And I'm so angry now. Um, because like I feel attacked, I feel whatever. But then if my homegirl says it, like, girl, you have too much blush on your face. Like, go take that off. I'm not so offended. Why am I so offended by him? And in the end, yeah. it's like, that's a small example of like, we want to win, right? We want to shine. We want to, you know, and so we've got to be able to like, you know, marriage is our best last chance to really grow up, honestly. Like, because marriage is going to slap you in the face. Like, it's going to be face. like, okay. It's really, it, it does suck when your partner's straight up with you because Hearing the truth can hurt, you know? Yeah. But then, you know, even me, like, growing up, I'm like, yo, I had tough parents. I have four other siblings. It was a doggy dog world growing up. They used to say crazy <laughs> things to me. I grew up in Queens, New York, where everybody was a savage. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm not that emotional. Mm -hmm. I'm not that tough. And then my husband will say something, like, a certain way. Like, let's say, for example, like, oh, I'll give you an example that's very similar. I got dressed up, and then my, my husband would say, oh, your outfit looks good. That bothered me so much. So let me tell you why. Did you say, what, like, does my face not look good? Just my outfit? Yeah, what about me? You know what I'm saying? What about <laughs> me? What about the poetry? I'm like here like, oh, my outfit looks good. What about the rest? Why aren't you drooling on the floor? Why aren't you rolling around? Why aren't you dying? Why aren't you melting? Why aren't you sweating? You know, like little things like that. Like little things will start to bother you. But I think it's such a positive to have a very honest partner yeah. because it's hard to be honest. And it's hard to find that when people around you are like, let's say, scared of you or kissing your your butt. Yeah. Yes, or, you can't you grow know, like that. that. You can't grow like that. You know what I'm saying? You cannot grow as a person and be greater. And, you know, I, I don't talk so much about my husband on social media. Like, it's not a, a big thing. But times that I do, I'm always like, I wouldn't be where I'm at, like, as a woman, career, without him. I can't deny that. You know, he's he's literally critiqued me like no other. Sometimes it was harsh. Sometimes it was hurtful. Um but I know it's because he believed in me and he saw something in me that was, was bigger, you know? And I think that when we allow people to be real with us, like you said, like you can't be around people who are going to tell you what you want to hear and everyone agrees with you. And, you know, um, but I think when we really allow that, especially with our spouse, cause they see us very like naked. Well, they do see us naked, but you know what I mean? Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but they, they see us, you know, Without, without the makeup, without the filters, without edits, without like, I'm, I have to speak this way. Like they really see the raw, authentic you. And it's like, you know, I've allowed that to like help me grow. And it wasn't always easy. I'm not going to front, you know, there's times yeah. I was just like, I'm done with this. You're just always <laughs> like so hard on me. And you know, it's funny. Cause I always complained about my father growing up. He was so strict. He was so this, he was so that. And, and they always say you end up finding someone like your, your father, which is so weird. You're like, why would it's I do that? True. But it's crazy. Like my, I call Wale is my husband's name. I like, I call him Muhammad all the time. That's my dad's name. I'm like, okay, Muhammad. Cause <laughs> it's like my father. Like he's just like so many things about him is like, my father was very hard to please. My father was like very much like, this is, this is that you could do better. If you do, you know? And I felt like that's how my husband um, is. And when I would talk crap about him, like, you're just like Muhammad, like you need to go like live with Muhammad. And he's like, yeah, but like, look at the daughter Muhammad raised. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, boy, goodbye. Oh, like, he got you, know, you there with the I hook. Know. <laughs> he did. He did. I'm going to shift for a second because I have, mm -hmm. I really want to ask you for advice about this. When mm -hmm. I went to your dentist's office, I love the community that you had between your employees. And I don't know how you foster that because I find it as I'm building a team right now uh, for my production company and hiring editors and writers and all this stuff, it is very hard to be nice all the time and also be a boss, but also foster, mm. like you don't want people to take advantage yeah. of you. And yeah. I feel like, especially as a woman, if you're very demanding, it can be taken as, uh, oh, she's very rude, blah, 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 as, mm -hmm. as opposed to like a man in business saying what he wants, it's like very received. How do mm -hmm. you have that line of being a boss lady? but mm -hmm. also not having people step on your toes, take advantage of your niceness. Cause I find mm -hmm. it a, a challenge for me and I've had to fire a few people after, you know, cause I'm very bubbly, very nice. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to business and doing your work, that needs to be mm -hmm. done. And if it's yeah. not, goodbye. So, so how yeah. do you, I see a beautiful example and a perfect example in your office and I need the secrets. <laughs> you know, I, I have always said, I am so blessed um, to work with a team of people who, I genuinely love. 
um, the people that I work with are, they really have become family. And to the point where if they called me at midnight, I would answer their call. They know that about me. If they need to be bailed out from jail, I would do it. Um, if they needed a place to live for a while, they could come to my house. They know that. But they also know that when it comes to what I'm passionate about, and I think because they see it, I do not play any games. I'm not rude. I'm not disrespectful, you know, but I'm firm. And I think that like, if you're trying to build greatness, and I always tell them, this is so much bigger than what you guys see in this office. Like we're dealing with big cases, big names, big situations. I, at the end of the day, if something goes wrong, it doesn't fall on you. You know, it doesn't fall on you. It falls on me. I can't say, oh, well, my office manager didn't tell me. It falls on me. So yeah. I think that I've, I, I have, I'm proud that we've harbored like uh, an office morale where we can play we can have fun I also don't act like I'm better than anyone you know I walk in that office yeah they're like oh Dr. A I laugh with them I joke with them I you know they've seen me sweep the floors I don't walk in like it's this I've swept floors for for my own office I've I've done every job in there and I think that when people feel like you can relate to them and you you don't act like snooty or whatever it's it's a respect you know people always talk about like do you want to be loved or respected right I want to be respected because of the way my heart is. I have a good heart and I know that. And it's like, I'll do the world for you. I could go off on my office manager in the daytime. Like you didn't do this. You didn't do da, 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 da. this. Was supposed to do that. And then afterwards I'm like, I'm really sorry. I had to be that hard. And she's like, no, I understand. But she also knows that at the end of the day, if she's like, I can't pay my rent tomorrow, I'm going to be like, why can't you pay your rent? Here's your rent money. However, let's talk about your budget. Let's talk about this and that. So I just think that it just goes back to like people people seeing your heart. My team would do anything for me because they know I would do anything for them. And it's not easy to find. Like when you were talking about, it's not easy to find. Like I've, we've been through a lot of, of staff members. I mean, some have stayed for years, but we've also been through a lot. And I think that when I was telling you about connections and energy, I usually kind of have a good sense of like, you're going to really fit in because it, it's not, it's not like working for some big corporation. It's very like mom and pop. It's very family. It's very much. And I think they, they really see how hard I go. They see my work ethic. They see how yeah. much passion I have. They see how much I care. So they understand it. And they're the same way in their own lane, right? We have our lane. So my, yeah. my head assistant, she's very passionate about what she's doing in, in her lane. Um, but I do think you got to draw the line. You, you teach people how to treat you. You know what I'm saying? You really do. And you That's can only, so um, you teach people how to treat you and you can only expect what you accept. You know, so if you continue to accept like people like did talking to you crazy in your office, whatever, it's like I nip it in the bud. Like, no, you need to be here at this time. I shouldn't arrive here and you're five minutes late. It's unacceptable. Like you have to like put your foot down. But then by lunchtime, I'm like, all right, y'all. So lunch, I'm like, where do you guys want to go? You know, because we, you know, you got to make it like a happy environment. Like I hope I answered yeah. your question as best I could. No, you did. You did. And I think having employees is kind of like having family members or children. It's kind of very similar because you have to nurture them for, yeah. and I like that you said you have to tell them the overall vision because you want your employees yes. to be motivated and see yes. the long term, but I feel like because it's your vision, nobody will ever go as hard as you do in your own practice. It, they never, it, it's never. And I think because you go through so many people and you, you get to network with so many people, you understand that. And for me, where I messed up, I'll say, when hiring employees is being too friendly in the beginning. I think yep. like you cannot be super bubbly. And what I loved about your office is, okay, we'll be shooting a TikTok or uh, we'll be shooting a video together. And then you'll say, set up room number two. There's a patient here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're quick. They move. You know, it's not like, oh, but I just, we, let's finish this last part of the video. Like when you say something, it gets done. And I'm like, wow, that is, that is a level of respect to know because, you know, people blur the lines a lot. Like, oh, we're friends now. Like, you know, mm -hmm. let's just keep being friends and okay, I'll do the work mm -hmm. later. But for me, where I messed up is I'd have employees where, you know, I'd try to mo motivate them and be super bubbly and be like, look mm -hmm. how well this video did and blah, blah, blah. And then because I'd also be very understanding in the beginning, mm -hmm. it was taken as leniency and then people started yeah. taking advantage and getting comfortable and like mm -hmm. I feel like you cannot be yourself completely you have to like pull back of your personality and jokes mm -hmm. and having fun I say 50% uh, for me because I'm yeah. over the top but for me I'm not, like when I'm dealing with somebody who's an employee I'm not as bubbly I'm not as fun anymore and I learned 
through experience, you can't do that. And I also learned like, yes, you have to share the vision. You have to pat them on the back when they do something well, even though that's like what, mm-hmm. what you're paying them to do. <laughs> you still, no, yeah. you do. You, you have to positive feedback. They, they're a part of it. You know, they have to feel like they are a part of it and they do understand like the goal and the vision. And like you said, you talked about comfort. Comfort is the biggest threat to success. People don't understand that. Comfort anywhere. Comfort in yourself. You get too comfortable around comfort with your team members. You can never get too comfortable. And I think that you also have to like, you got to take care of your team. It's like when I win, we all win. You know what I'm saying? If I'm eating, everyone's eating. And so I think that, um, when they understand that and really drawing the line, I have like non-negotiables. You have to have like non-negotiables. Like I need certain things to be a certain way. And this is how I feel about it. I don't care. You've got to be on time. I'm a very on-time person. If you're not on time, it's a big issue for me. If we're not prepared for a big case, it's an issue for me. And I think when people see your own work ethic, like I can't, I, you know when they say like, oh, when you get home, turn it off. I've never mastered that. I don't ever turn it off. I'll just be honest. Like it's, it's this who I am. So I'm at home and I'm thinking about a case and I'm like, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm literally texting my office manager like, did we ever get the file on this? Did we get the CTCB scan? Did they follow up? Did they sign their paperwork? And they're probably like, do you like have a life? You know, um, but I, do think, I think when people see that type of like effort and work ethic in you, it inspires and encourages them. And they understand that. Like, you can't be like a lazy person and then turn around and be like, why y'all didn't, you know, do yeah. this or that. So it's really just trying to find the balance and, and show love when you can and, and hope that you find like-minded people who are about this journey and grind with you. What's the worst employee you've ever had? Oh, that's a hard one. Huh. I probably wouldn't remember their name, but I, those people are very forgettable to me. They're, but they're like, oh, not working out. Keep it moving. Yeah, that's how that's <laughs> you how rotate. I like, no. Yeah, if, yeah. It, if it's not, if, like, if it doesn't sit well with my spirit, I don't waste time. I mean, the, my team laughs at me because I'm funny about new people and I'll walk in the office. And like, as soon as I walk in, my office manager, who's been with me like forever, she's like, hi, good morning, Dr. A. I'm like, Good morning. Why are you being so nice? She's like, so we have someone new here. I'm like, why? Why? Who? And she's like, I knew you were going to say that. Just listen to me. Oh they're wonderful. God. And they're this. And I'm like, I didn't ask for anybody new. Like, yes, but here's the situation. And I'm just like, and it's just like an ongoing joke that like, I'm like, put them with my sister. I don't want anybody new on my schedule. I don't want to work like that. So mm. it's, it's a funny thing. But you know, um, going back to how passionate you are about your career, I really see it through your actions and I love the fact that we could partner up and give back with a smile makeover. That was one Mm -hmm. of the most amazing moments of this year. I I couldn't believe like the impact that we had on the giveaway winner's life. Mercy, shout out to Mercy Mm -hmm. if you're watching this, was insane. And okay, I'm going to give a little backstory. So Dr. Amira came up with this idea with Dr. Shahada. Mm -hmm. And she was like, listen, um, I I do these giveaways every year. And I would love to partner up with you and see if Mm -hmm. we can benefit somebody from your audience. And uh, let's do a $25,000 smile makeover. And let's make sure it changes somebody's life. And and it's for somebody who really needs it. I was like, what? Absolutely, let's (laughs) do it. So us three, we came together, partnered up, chose a winner, Mercy, who lives in Texas. She's a college student. Do you remember how old she is? She's like 20-something. Yeah, I'm not sure. 23. Yeah, she's young. But point is, she's young. She's young. And mm-hmm. we heard her story, which is like her teeth have been damaged for 12 years. Oh, my God. So sad. She's been struggling. She comes from a Nigerian family. And so her parents could never afford to fix her smile. But they are or they've worked really hard to save up for it. And it was mm-hmm. a lot of money. And so mm-hmm. all her life, she's most of her life, she's been very self-conscious about smiling. And so we picked mm-hmm. her. Um, I flew into Miami <laughs> and she, her mother was there. And it was just so touching. Her mom was crying and like throwing they were herself both on the crying. floor. Oh yes, my God. Yeah. we were all, you guys were Everybody all, was felt, crying. Everybody was crying except me. I was so like in shock. Like, you know, for me, like yeah. I was more in shock of like the impact. I was just taking it all yeah. in, but it was a very emotional time. And to see mm-hmm. the differences that you're doing in the community and just to see her story and her mom and calling her father, you know, especially for a woman, like for, for that change, just to have a smile that you're not proud of, that's, that's broken for a woman growing up, especially at that age is really, it makes you really self-conscious Yeah. and the difference that you made, the work that you did. Wow. Like if you want to see, well, I'll link the, I'll link the video of the before and the after and that whole experience in this video. 
Yeah. But it was game changing just to see like her confidence go up, her starting to feel beautiful after so long. You know, she didn't even mm-hmm. know how to smile. Remember that? She didn't. She, did, she, was, she, she didn't. It's honestly like people always ask me the things that I'm most proud of in my career. And this was one of Dr. Shahada's first smile giveaways. And when we had talked about it before, like she got it, but she didn't get it till she was in the moment. And she was like, I see what you mean now. I'm like, you can do the best veneers in the world. You can get all the accolades. You can get all the things. But until you see how God has blessed you to bless someone else and the way it feels, it's nothing like it. It's really yeah. like nothing like it. And and people might, you might say it, and you, but you walk away just feeling like this is what success is about. Like it's not about yeah. the other stuff. It's about it's about this right here. And so I was so happy that you you agreed to partner. As soon as I told you, you were like, oh my God, I love this idea. I would love to do it. I would love to help. Um, so it's just about more people, you know, like us that are, are willing to give back a little bit. Yeah. And I remember you saying, listen, like I, I have all this success, but it means so much to, to be able to give back and be in this position to be able to do so. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Don't even think about it. Say the first thing that comes to mind. Yalla ah, I'm okay. at this. What is the most interesting thing in your wallet or purse? My yeah, money. Let's go. Money. <laughs> money oh, <thanks>. okay. <laughs> what is your favorite season? Fall. What's your favorite color? Purple. What's the last thing you watched on TV? Behind her eyes. Don't know it. Where oh, do you go when you want to be alone? In my bed. What's the worst thing you've ever eaten at from a restaurant? Um, this is hard. Uh, sorry. Uh, okay. Think, oh, fro- frog legs. I had frog legs once. Yuck. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what do you impulse buy the most often at a store? Oh, that dang on Instagram shops. I just keep buying all these <laughs> stupid clothes from there. <laughs> okay, to wrap this up, I always have my guests share one piece of advice that they want to share with the world that will help impact them or, you know, a message. So just to end this podcast, what is one message you have for the world? How would you like to inspire people? Go ahead. Take the floor. Um, If I was going to uh, leave everybody with one thing, I would really let people sit with owning your worth. That was really big to me, um, knowing how valuable I am. A lot of times people can't see your value if you don't. Um, And just really like going for what you want. Don't listen to the naysayers, you know, who say you can't, you won't. Don't look at the people who never did it. Be be the impact that you want to see. Be the change, you know. Let a young person look up and say, you know what, if she could do it, so could I. You know, if he did it, so can I. You know, when you leave uh, this world one day, don't think about the cars, the money, all of that. Think about, you know, what did I leave in people? You know, how did I make their life better? As much as we talk about success, it doesn't matter um, if you're not if you're not impacting other people. That's always meant everything. But think about to the me. cars and the money is not so bad either. But okay, <laughs> it's not so bad. I'm We're being serious. Okay, it's not so bad. Like, it's not evil either. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And you know, okay. a lot of people ask, "How are you so confident? How do you build confidence?" Just replay what she said over and over again because it really starts within, and you have to build yourself, and the energy pours out, and the power pours out. Doctor Amira, I love you so much. The coolest, best dentist internationally. If you guys don't know her, please follow her below. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mazewell Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. I love you guys. Thank. you so much for watching this episode thank you dr amira thank you so much for having me love you